0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Operation Exercise. Uh, this week got a really big topic, topic coming up, uh, one that I'm quite passionate about, and I'm going to be talking about mental health, um, kind of in athletics for student athletes, as well as honestly, normal people as well, just in a normal day to day life. Um, with me today, I have Jesse Chandler joining me, who is the Associate Director of Athletics at AMSOL. Um, who has a role with helping and sometimes counseling student athletes uh, from UMSOL that come to her with any sort of problems? Uh, Jesse, welcome on the show. Uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself to our listeners as well, that would be great.
1: Sure, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, my name is Jesse Chandler. I'm the Associate Athletic Director here at the University of Missouri St. Louis. Um, largely, my role is um, compliance, so that's making sure that everyone's working within the NCAA rules and regulations. And then the other side of my job, I'm also our senior woman administrator. And so that kind of, in that role, it allows me more of a um, kind of work as a liaison with uh, the other departments on campus. So whether that be housing or the registrar's office admissions and then our care program on campus, which is the campus assessment response and evaluation and that's something I'll be talking about more but that part of my role really is what gives me the a lot of the day-to-day contact with student athletes that I really enjoy.
0: Okay perfect and I mean yeah we have um, obviously quite quite a big athletic department you know we have I think it's something over 300 plus athletes obviously 15 teams and stuff like that so I'm sure you are very busy a lot of the time and I'm sure you have a you know, a lot of interesting interactions with the students, which is like I say, kind of why I'm really excited to have you on here. But I mean, obviously mental health is such a huge thing in like both athletes and students, you know, athletes at the top level as well as down at college level. And whenever you kind of mix those two things together, you know, having to perform on the field, having to, you know, maintain socialization, uh, performing in the classroom and stuff like that. Sometimes when those stresses are put together, it can really put a lot of pressure on a student and whenever it's bad and they don't know how to get out of it it can put them into a place where they really don't want to be and a lot of those times those students or student athletes who are suffering from it may be depression it may be anxiety or something to do with either their sport or class they feel like they're on their own and a lot of the time i feel like it's not the case at all um so what are some of the like sometimes cases that students have come and talked to you about or that you've seen where they do have those, like I say, depression, anxiety problems with something to do with being a student athlete?
1: You know, well, first I'd say that I think being a, a college student can be overwhelming and hard, right? There's just a lot going on. I think it's such a important time of anyone's life as kind of in your late teens, early twenties. I think that that's just a time when everyone develops a lot. You learn a little bit of who you are. Um, And so just that alone is a lot of pressure. And then you add being a student athlete on top of it. And it's a lot to juggle. A lot of our students um, are full-time students. They are um, student athletes, which we always say, I mean, that's a lot of hours a week on top of that with travel and and practicing and weights and everything that you have going on. Um, And then a lot of them have jobs as well, which is another kind of added I always say a lot of things in your bucket. Um, So yeah, sometimes it's, we see students who come in and they start to get a little bit overwhelmed. Um, Depression, anxiety are definitely there, Um, but that's why I think it's really important that we make sure students have resources and we are able to kind of point them in the right direction and get them connected with resources on campus um, to make sure that everyone is kind of, you know, having, being their best self. I think that's, it's really important. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. And I mean, obviously there's a variety of reasons why sometimes it can cause like depression, anxiety, sometimes health eating disorders, uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like I say, a lot of the time, I don't know, they could be having a class and, you know, they're really mess up in a test and they're like, oh, that's made me feel really, really bad, but I don't wanna go to talk to someone because, you know, failing a class or failing a test can happen to anyone. So they kind of keep it within themselves. And I feel like sometimes, you know, you add, I don't know, you forget to go grocery shopping and you realize you don't have any food. So you kind of like things like that start to pile up. What is like some, like I said, some examples that people have come to you before that may give our listeners just kind of a, maybe they are struggling with it. And like I say, they don't feel exactly on their own that their problem, other people have witnessed it as well. So it's not like it's so they're on their own. Like what types of things have you seen before and problems?
1: Yeah. So one thing that we always talk about just as a staff in general is really looking out for those kind of those warning signs a little bit of things that, are just maybe seem, someone seems a little off or a little bit out of sorts. Um, because as you said, it sometimes it is, you take a test and it, and it doesn't go so well. And I always say this at the beginning of the year when I talk with all the student athletes, um, just to remember that sometimes that happens, right? And that's okay. Failing a test, um, does it feel good? No, of course not. But is it the end of the world? It's not. So sometimes it just, putting those reminders out to students that, okay, we can come up with a plan. Um, But again, like I said, it's looking out for those, kind of those those warning signs a little bit. Um, Academically, I work with Lindsay Pickering very closely and if anything starts to go off in a student athlete, whether they aren't showing up to class, if they aren't turning in assignments, if they do fail a test, if overall in class isn't going well, we get, we call them flags, from professors that are sent to us that kind of are indicators that things aren't going well. And that immediately is always something that we, you know, we look into every single time we'll reach out every time we get one of those because it could be a sign of, of something bigger. And a lot of times that's really what we see sometimes as the starting point. If a student who normally does well academically suddenly isn't going to class, If they, you know, we've had kids, students, I shouldn't say kids, um, who stop turning in assignments. Um, They walk out of a test, they don't finish. Um, So those are some signs right there that we see people get overwhelmed with. Um, As far as examples, I mean, a lot of it's just kind of a general feeling of, of being off, right? Like students will just kind of come in and say like, I know, This isn't me. I don't feel right. I'm having trouble being motivated. I, things that I normally love to do are now a chore. I don't feel like hanging out with my friends. I just want to stay home and be by myself. And that's, you know, they just recognize things in themselves that aren't them and they're not exactly sure why it's happening. You know, a lot of times it's also, sometimes it's performance related. So there's just that anxiety there and they start to worry um, that their performance in their sport isn't going well and that's causing them then to to not perform well. And so it's kind of getting them back on track. Um, I'd say those are a lot of kind of those early signs or things that we notice. I always try to talk to students at the beginning of the year as well to remember teammates, you know, we as staff, as Administrators and coaches, trainers, we see you guys a lot, right? You're in our building every day. um, So we feel like we see you a lot. We're able to kind of establish behaviors and personalities and and spots sometimes when those don't seem right. But teammates, I mean, you guys live together. You go to class together. You're practicing together. You're traveling together. I mean, you are with each other all the time. And a lot of times, Students will know things are happening before anyone else because you're also friends, and so you will tend to reach out to your friends like most of us do to kind of sometimes, you know, if something's not going well or our personalities are off, you guys notice before anyone. So that's why I also think it's important that everyone knows resources and everyone knows who they can reach out to because sometimes it may not be. Um, the student themselves that notices or feels off, you may recognize something in one of your teammates and that can be just as important.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because I feel like it's gotten a lot better recently, but I feel like in the past and still sometimes at a lot of levels now, uh, mental health is almost seen as a weakness. Like, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I don't feel so good. And you're like, oh, just man up, go on, get out of there, man up, forget Mm -hmm. about what's going on and just go. So I feel like, a lot of the time, players, students, athletes, whoever it is, they might suppress their actual feelings, and because they worry mm-hmm. that you know they'll just get called a wimp, or they'll just get told to man up, or they'll just go, oh, do you know what? Yeah. Go, go sit out. Like you know, you're not on it today. I don't care why. Just go sit out. And I mean, it happens everywhere. I remember, I'm not quite sure the player's name or the team, but it was uh, top level basketball, and a guy came out and he was severely depressed. And I think at first his teammates were like, what are you doing? Like, just stop being a wuss. Mm -hmm. Get out there, sort your life out and just carry on playing. And I think it really sent him into a downward spiral until in the end, they all came out supporting him. But you know, that first instance of admitting it, do you feel like there's been kind of a certain way made to where it's easier now to admit those things, you know, it's more acceptable? Or is it still at certain levels that it's like you don't want to be seen as weak, so you kind of have to suppress it and deal with it on your own a lot of the time?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to say both. And, I, and I'm, we are finally kind of turning things over. I think we're in the media and everywhere you're starting to see a little bit more of it's it's OK to not feel OK. And I think that's such a huge message um, because why isn't it OK? right? Like you can't control what's happening in your brain any more than you can control what color hair you were born with, Mm. right? So it's something that we're, you don't have control over, but you do have control over hopefully reaching out and and getting the resources that you need to kind of help you, you know, maybe learn some uh, ways to help, you know, walk your anxiety back a little bit or, or, to understand if you're feeling depressed and those are, it's all okay. I think what's important is moving forward to have a plan of how to get someone feeling better. Um, I think this year, I've actually said this recently um, to our staff, is that this year has been the best year as far as students reaching out and saying like, hey, I don't feel right. First. Here ever. And I've had multiple students who have kind of spoken up as well as being their own advocate. And that's amazing. That's really brave. I I think that's awesome. I'm really proud of students who are able to do that because I think I've had multiple students say to me like my way was to um, kind of shut myself off and just ignore, but that wasn't working. And I realized that and now I know I I think that I need some help through this. And I think that's awesome. Um, Even as a staff. We started, you know, I think it's also, I am not a mental health professional. We don't have a mental health professional within our department. That's why it's so important that we do work really closely and partner and utilize the staff on our campus who are professionals. Um, but we, what we recognized was that sometimes the answer, you know, coaches, coaches are a lot of that first line, right? So if, if a student athlete anything is going wrong, usually their first stop is their coach. Well, again, we're not mental health professionals. So sometimes it was a little bit of, I don't know what to do. So what we realized is that we needed to also train our staff to recognize some signs, to be able to feel a little bit more comfortable having these hard conversations with students to get the ball rolling and get them headed in the right direction. So we several years ago had our counseling center come over and do, we did two days of training um, to i become mental health first aid certified. And now since then, we've had continuing education sessions almost, well, every year we have one for this year, it's actually coming up next month. Um, just as a refresher, just because sometimes we need those reminders of how to have conversations that are, you know, asking open-ended questions instead of just saying, how's your day? And a student says, fine. And you carry on because, oh, I got the answer I needed. Well, that doesn't really tell the story. So it's really important that we all have some tools to know how to bring a little bit more out of a student, to make them feel comfortable that it is a safe place to, to talk and, and learn that we have resources. We're happy to get you connected. We want you to have the best experience possible and to really kind of connect you with any, help that you think you may need. Because sometimes, you know, mental health, it's not just being depressed or anxiety, it's depressed or have anxiety because they don't, there's food insecurity. Okay, well we have the Triton health, the Triton food pantry on campus. Great, another great resources we have so we can get the student connected. Or is it because, you know, we've had students that have had siblings going, you know, that are undergoing cancer treatments, or maybe it's a parent with another health issue. and so there's a lot of things that we can we can spot right there like oh it's this is why you know this incident happened or this event happened and so it's really just making sure that we can identify those pieces a little bit to help students get connected in whatever way they may need
0: that's amazing and I mean it's interesting how you said because I was actually going to be one of my questions I want to focus on like how COVID has affected the whole reach out thing Mm -hmm. because I thought it could go one of two ways. One way being they don't want to reach out because, you know, you have to type it, type an email, do whatever and kind of, you know, you actually feel yourself doing it. It's not quite in the spur of the moment. And how you said there's no, you know, you, you're not with your coach as much, you know, we're not seeing you guys mm-hmm. as much as we used to. So it's kind of harder to spot. Or I was like, mm-hmm. oh, do you know what? Actually, because of that, there might be more people reaching out because it's not such a face-to-face. So it maybe kind of gets rid of that, I mean, I don't want to say embarrassment, but how we said, you know, sometimes it's looked down upon reaching out mm-hmm. whenever you not exactly face to face. It kind of eases that because you feel a little bit more comfortable because you're not there. So why why do you think like so many more people started reaching out just because of like social media campaigns about mental health and stuff like that or just because easier?
1: I think both. Again, I'm going to say both because I think the fact that it's easier right now to get connected. I was just in a meeting on Monday and we were talking about it was a care meeting and we were talking about different cases and um, talking about looking at um, some support group kind of counseling things for some some students for It's more like specific um, groups, you know, that kind of cover whether it's um, people, like I said, going through a family member is going through like cancer or maybe it's a family member going through addiction or just if any topics, you know, there's a lot of support groups and there's some that are specifically geared towards college stage students. But what they were saying is that right now due to COVID and how everything really is virtual, you can be, you know, we're not limited to just what's happening on campus or what's happening in in St. Louis. But they were saying actually that there's, uh, they have one student who is going you know, in a virtual a Zoom support group that's actually taking place in London. Mm. It's Like, wow, you know, here are these great opportunities because you're not limited to just what's in front of you. You're, it's kind of all over. And I think that probably will continue. And they said that sometimes it's easier because they're not, as people become more comfortable with reaching out and getting help, sometimes it's still easier to join a group where they are strangers where you're not maybe going to see someone that's in your English class or, you know, their lab partner or something like that, that people still sometimes feel more comfortable knowing that it's off campus. Hmm. That actually has been, I guess, the positive. With COVID, we did see last year, we are approaching, this Saturday will be a year exactly from when we went home um, on campus and that was really hard. Students, that was really, really hard for some. And I get it. I mean, I think that, again, I said, I think this age and this period in your life, it's the first time you're, you're independent, you're moving away from home, you're on your own, you kind of create your new support system and that is on campus, right? So it's, it's everyone that you're dealing with on in campus and then you're kind of getting to be your own independent self. But when that's yanked out of your life and you go back home, suddenly you are you know you're back home again you maybe have rules that you have at home that you don't have you know you don't set for yourself when you're here Um, you don't have your your friends all around you your peers as your support system so everything just kind of gets yanked and everything that was kind of your your normal schedule your regular schedule is now it's disappeared and we had several students um, who over the summer really really struggled with that and um, sought some help for that kind of. I always say it's like pulling the rug out from under them a little bit, and it really just shook things up. And so that I think was a little bit eye opening. So we really wanted. We've made it such a goal. That's why things are so strict here, right? So we've been following our protocols, and we've been very strict on on everything COVID related because it was so important for us for students to come, be able to come back. Go to practice compete kind of get them back in their support systems and be able to live on campus and stay here because we saw how important that was to so many um, because it really is Just, you know, it's it's I don't even know exactly the words. It was just such a, a hard thing for that to be to be flipped upside down. So for students to, be able to come back and kind of settle back into their comforts was really important in a lot of different ways. And I think we had our our best academic semester ever last semester. Um, So we feel really good about that because we feel like, okay, so students hopefully were, while it definitely didn't look the same, they were able to come back in and kind of get settled in and come back to their home away from home. And hopefully that helped mental health wise of things that maybe were feeling shaken up a little bit
0: well that's amazing kind of yeah the how much the athletic department does actually care about its students because like you say you know students at college and whenever they're athletes you know they get so used to that their life revolves around being there being around their friends playing their sport and i mean you're there what nine ten months out of the year so as soon as it gets cancelled you're like well what's going on now and you didn't even yeah. have the chance to escape to go to work or whatever just because you're constantly stuck indoors and how you say playing by completely different rules so yeah it's kind of great to see how committed you know it all is to making sure that from that side of you you know every all the protocols are expected purely to keep students on campus to keep them healthy to keep them happy and stuff like that yeah but we kind of spoke about the positivity that technology has had like you say you know there's meeting rooms all over the world now uh, mm-hmm. it's easy to get in contact and stuff like that i know there's also negatives especially with social media now that that's oh, kind sure. of you know it's been booming and i mean maybe not so much at division two level but division one level whatever sport you know all these clips are posted online um people's tweets are coming up from ages ago facebook tweets instagram posts whoever they're following and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know so many people have had to close down their social media completely like delete instagram delete twitter stuff like that because maybe it's abuse they're getting maybe it's just trolls laughing whatever it is Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how would you because like i say maybe i'm so we're not exposed to that as much but a little bit of a high level when there is more exposure to it when there is more people watching how do you deal with that like i'm sure you guys have spoken about it like the whole social media side like when do you know when, you know, it is time to delete and, you know, you're not constantly trying to go online to see what people are saying about you. Uh, Because I know that's why Mm -hmm. some people keep it, you know, they still want to see what people are saying about them. Even if it's bad, they're still very interested. And then, you know, they read it and it throws them down even lower. Like, how do you deal with that?
1: You know, I think social media, wow. It's, it's such a powerful tool, right? And it's Mm -hmm. just continues to evolve and grow. And I know I, I do not even know all the ways that people use social media. Um, and there's great things about it, right? Like you can, it's, it's great to use as a tool to keep up with how people, you know, you're far from home, so I'm sure it's great. Like, oh, hey, what are my friends doing back at home? Here they are, my family, you can see pictures, you can connect, I mean, that's how I use it as well. Um, but I think too often people forget that what people put on social media, right, like that's the front stage. It's not backstage. The curtain's drawn. So people are only putting like their best life, Mm -hmm. what they want people to think is happening or going on. And, And that's not all the time. Like people, it's not saying that everything that's out on social media isn't correct, but I think it's easy to forget And get caught up in and that's not just student athletes. I think that's everyone to get caught up in what's reality and what isn't. I mean, a few years ago, we actually had a student transfer. Um, She went in to her coach and, and honestly her reasoning wasn't that she had a bad time here. She just didn't think she was having enough fun. She was using social media and said like I noticed my friends, I see their posts, my friends from home that I are at other schools, and they're just posting things, and it looks like they're having more fun, and that was a hard one, because it wasn't that anything was wrong here. She was just basing it off of what she was seeing on other social media accounts, and taking that as the reality, and using it to then judge her own reality, and do I have those things happening, and so that was a that was a hard one. I think that one was actually kind of a sad one, right? Because it's like, wow, you know, we don't want anyone to use social media as a judge on how good your own life is. That's that's tough for how things are going. Um, you, you kind of spoke on it too, that there have been athletes who have had to step away and turn off um, social media due to the fact that people can be really cruel. And I think that's definitely the downside to social media is that it's way too easy to say really hurtful things to someone behind a screen or from a keyboard, things that you would never say to someone if you were face-to-face. And I think that's really unfortunate and that anyone would choose to be cruel intentionally. Um, that's tough, that's tough for me because I, I don't i don't like that. Um, so social media, it's also, you know, it can be a great, it can be a great tool and it can be a bad tool. And I think that, as social media grows i mean there's also i think the pressure to keep up with it not not at my age at my age not so much definitely not i am a, way behind on social media for your age or someone that when something new comes out it's like well who can learn it faster mm-hmm. who can know how to master this program and make the most of it um i think the world now that we have you know influencers people that are making very lucrative careers on posting on social media again it's it's all for show it's all it's not necessarily always authentic and that's but that's what people go to and that's what they use as their benchmark of reality and that can be tough and that can be really hard for people
0: yeah so how I mean this could probably be a tough question so it may be hard to answer but you know how if somebody came to you with like a whole thing of like I'm really struggling because my reality is turning more into social media. Like I'm more focused on how I'm viewed on social media rather than how I'm viewed, you know, in, in real life. And that's really throwing me down because, you know, my highlight this weekend didn't get as many likes as i wanted to, Mm -hmm. or, you know, one of my highlights, somebody said something mean about it. And even though I know it wasn't, but it's still on there and it's making me feel bad. How do you, go about that like how do you try and explain to someone that you know you should focus on your actual reality rather than your social media reality
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's always a conversation of asking someone why'd you post it to begin with mm. what were you hoping to get out of it were you posting it because you were really proud of what you did and if that's the case then I think you try to just let's say push that to be the reality and say like well then stop there you know, you can't take things, don't take things personal from people who don't know you personally. Mm. Um, a quote, I, I honestly don't know who I, who I got that from, but um, I've seen that several places and I always think, wow, exactly. If someone doesn't know you personally, then don't take what they're saying personal because they're not commenting on you. They're commenting on the screen. They're commenting, maybe they go into it and they never have good intentions, right? And that's kind of the thing that you have to separate from, from likes and comments. You also have to remember sometimes I think people just blindly like things, right? Like people are gonna screw their screen and they're just gonna like every single thing. Mm -hmm. So did they watch what you're doing? I mean, I think it's when you sort of break things down with social media, it's if you don't have a good answer for why you are posting it, then what's the value in it? Maybe you do need to step away.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Um, kind of my last one is, you know, obviously student athletes. Everyone, I'd say eighty percent of them, right? They'll they'll they go to college to play their sport, and a lot of the time, that sport is everything for them, right? Um, it's such a competitive environment, especially at a higher level. Like you know, coaches are really trying to get the best out of you, and sometimes you know how we spoke about. There's fragile people in you know, all sports and stuff like that. Coaches, you know, they will try and be critical with you, try and get the best out of you. If you're not performing well, you know, even the best coaches in the world, they have to be able to talk to you in a way to make you perform better. Mm-hmm. Some people will view that criticism as very negative and some some people can't take criticism. And, you know, as soon as they feel that one thing, why, why they're there at college for is falling apart from them because, you know, they're, Coach has told them, oh, you're not running fast enough. Or it's like, hey, come on, like, be better there, be better in that situation. You know, it may not be, you know, it was not said in a way to undermine them, whatever, but the athlete has received it in such a way that's shot him down completely. How do you, I don't want to say train someone, but how do you go about making sure that those types of comments for people that could be susceptible to feeling very down after those how do you go about making sure that you know that sort of stuff doesn't affect them in a negative way but instead pushes them in a positive way because like I say a lot of the time it's just feedback right Mm -hmm. and you just kind of go with it it's like okay I've got to be better in this situation this is what I have to do to be better in this situation how do you keep that mindset and not the negative part where you go oh no it's all falling apart like it's done why I'm here is not working and then it just kind of goes downhill from there so
1: I think sometimes it's every year, every year in almost every sport, you're going to see an adjustment period for students as they make that transition from high school or even a junior college to where they are now. You know, they're only, only 2% of all high school student athletes have the opportunity to play in college. Mm -hmm. So I think that right there should just tell everyone, like, if you are playing collegiately, no matter the level, it's pretty special. And that's awesome. But what it also says is, think of how many people didn't get that opportunity. So you basically are taking all the best people from your team in high school where you are maybe the best player and joining a program of all the other best players. So you're, we see students struggle sometimes because they're used to maybe being a starter. They're used to getting a lot of playing time and now maybe they're not. they're not starting, they're not playing, like things just look different, but that's because you've made that next leap, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a huge jump. So I think sometimes it's that starting with that reminder, but also I've always, I have the belief that the best coaches are the ones that remember that they they're coaching people. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the X's and O's, it's a huge part of it is, is people. And if you want that success, I think you have to really learn the different learning styles of your people, the people in your team. Everyone is not going to learn the same way. Now, I don't think, I think coaches are definitely allowed to have their own style. And that's, as a student athlete, when you choose an institution, you need to be evaluating the school. Is this a school I like? Do they have a major that I want to be a part of? Do I like the feel of campus, do I like this coach? Do I like my teammates? So there's a lot of that goes into it, but I think, so a coach is definitely allowed to have their own personal coaching style, but to really connect and get the best out of their student athletes, I feel that they have to be willing to put in that work to figure out how things are going to grow or students connecting with students as they make those evaluations, because that is their job. They are a coach. They are expected to make their players better, to make their programs and their teams successful. So there is gonna be part of that teaching and not everyone is always gonna agree with that. You know, students, they may not like what their coaches have to say. A lot of times it's gonna be very different than coaches they maybe had previously. So there is that kind of learning that balance. Um, But on, on the flip side, like no one should feel that things are are really negative. So I think, you know, we do evaluations of our programs um, that we ask students to fill out. And we always use that kind of as a tool to to kind of help us gauge if things are going in a positive direction. It's not the only tool at all, um, but just a piece of it. So I'm not sure I answered your question completely, but I, I do think that there's just a balance of students adjusting and realizing that they are going to be coached But on the flip side, coaches need to realize they're coaching people and they have to learn to work with, you know, the student athletes and make sure that they are connecting with them to get the best out of their students.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's like the big thing you hit the nail on the head right there. It's kind of the adjustment from, you know, both sides, because I mean. At the end of the day, if you're an athlete and you can't keep up with the demands of every day, which is, you know, feedback from the coach, it's playing at a level, playing with your teammates and stuff like that, then, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. that sport is not for you. Like you see at the top level, some of the coaches they are playing with, like, I'd hate to be in that locker room when something goes wrong because they look like a volcano has gone off, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's definitely kind of an adjustment from both sides to kind of go, Okay, well, I know I'm not the best anymore. I have to listen to the feedback. But then again, it's also how you say the adjustment from the coaches. Sometimes, okay, I need to tailor my feedback because, you know, this player A is not going to react to that feedback as player B. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely a great point. But, Jesse, that's kind of everything that I've kind of wanted to talk to you about today. Uh, great insight. I really hope uh, kind of everyone that's listening to this has maybe gained a new perspective on mental health or maybe realize that maybe this is something that they need to reach out to someone for maybe learn some new techniques how to deal with something and stuff like that and i mean before we sign off do you have anything to say to our listeners just to kind of you know sum everything up or just a couple of pointers as to you know how to deal with that every everyday demand you know every single day we're faced with something different you know how do you deal with that and stuff like that
1: i think the biggest thing is that if if you don't feel okay, if you feel off, if you're struggling, please reach out. There's there's so many um, people that are always willing to help. I think sometimes that first step is the hardest, but just know that there's so many people that that, that care about you and um, want you to to do well. Um, like I said, on our campus, we are lucky that we have the care team, and that is is really like more of a holistic approach. You're going to meet with a social worker. Assassin, and maybe looping counseling. And so there's there's just a lot of ways that someone can get help. There's a lot of great apps right now that can connect you um, to mental health professionals. So I know so many people are connected to their phones. So that's another way. I mean, I just think it's, if you don't maybe feel completely comfortable just reaching out, then, then maybe that's a good option for you is to use um, one of the apps We have Sanvello is an app that is available to all students and staff at UMSL to use that can help um, with a lot of things. So I think just you can do your research, you can reach out for help, teammates, professors, coaches, administrators, anybody. Um, You don't have to go through anything alone. And I think that's just really the message that I want everyone to understand
0: that's brilliant well again jesse thank you so much for popping on the show uh it's been great guys if you have any questions about what we're kind of talked about in the show or if you would like to for example get in touch with jesse you're not quite sure how you're always more than welcome to reach out to me i'll get you guys in touch if you do have any problems or anything like that but apart from that thanks for joining us on this show and we'll see you next time